up, everybody? Welcome back to episode six of the AC Pod. Shout out to Zeus as always. I'm Christian, once again, sitting along with my co-host, Alex, who is currently getting ready for a gender reveal later today. How are you feeling, my friend? And do you have any guesses at the moment? Um, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm one of the few in the family that's on Team Boy. Uh, everybody else is basically on the on the on the girl wave currently, but I'm just excited. I'm ready to see uh, what it is that we'll be we'll be having and kind of get to the halfway point during the journey. But you know, excited, excited, excited. Yeah, man, happy for you and excited for you. Today we are joined by a special guest, hopefully the first of many guest appearances on this podcast. He goes by Davis, aka Davin, aka Davy, among many other names. How are you doing today, my friend? Good morning. Thank you for having me. Doing I'm doing lovely. You crazy lads having me on. I'm very gracious. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on. Got a lot to cover today. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, a little bit of the offseason QB carousel, such as Deshaun Watson and possible destinations for some QBs that are being shopped currently. But before we get started, I have to give our responses and reactions to championship weekend. I want to start with the Packers and Bucks because Alex and I were both very wrong on this game, especially me. I picked the Packers to win by about 17 points, and Lord, was I wrong. I just felt that the Bucks defense just played such a tremendous game. Todd Bowles had his defense ready from the first snap. They played such disciplined, sound defense. The Packers do such a great job of trying to make you defend every blade of grass on the field. They stress you in so many ways with all the RPOs and all the options and the checks at the line of scrimmage that Aaron Rodgers does and the freedom he has in the offense. So the way that the Bucks were able to not only limit Aaron Aaron Rodgers, but to force turnovers, not to mention with both of their starting safeties out in the second half, Winfield being out the whole game with the shoulder injury. Um, I was very, very impressed with that. Um, They stepped up at a huge time against probably the hottest offense in the league. Huge credit to Todd Bowles and how he defended that Packers offense. But obviously, Brady just showed his championship experience. He made some bad plays, but you know, complimentary football defense made plays he made enough plays to win the game and you know he just showed why he's he's the greatest quarterback of all time and Brady back to another Super Bowl so Alex I wanted to get your thoughts on this game and kind of why you felt that you went wrong on it and what happened the biggest thing that 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 stood out was just Green Bay's inability to capitalize on on three Brady interceptions and just of kind of getting themselves into an early hole that they were able to climb out of. But as as we see with the outcome of the game, it was just, a, you know, too little, too late. Um, I didn't anticipate a very hot Green Bay defense kind of wet in the bed. They did in the early portion, uh, especially the first half and especially at the end of the first half by giving up that that huge play to Scotty Miller. Um, Brady did show his, his championship abil- ability you know, being able to to make the plays necessary. But uh, like you were saying, Todd Bowles uh, and that defense overall did an amazing job. Um, they were disciplined, yet aggressive. The pass rush was able to win. Um, th- those guys were, were hitting home. They were just able to play the kind of game defensively, especially that, th- that, they, that they needed to play. Uh, there was also just a major 
I hate to, you know, I don't want to throw position groups under under the bus, but there was a little bit of a letdown when it comes to how the Packers receivers showed up in this game versus the majority of the season. Um, and when it seemed like, you know, Aaron Rodgers needed guys to make a play the most, it was just not not close, not close enough, or just, you know, slightly off or just, you know, a slight drop. It was just a lot, a lot of a lot of ifs and, and, and buts in that game. The only gripe I really do have, though, is just that ugly, ugly, ugly pass interference call that was thrown extremely late. Felt like a, oh, shit, Brady, Brady has to get in there kind of kind of call by the NFL. But other, other than that, really, really, really good game. Obviously, the inability to capitalize was a major thing. Kicking the field goal on fourth down the red zone down eight was certainly a very questionable call when you have such a hot offense. So Green Bay certainly didn't make the plays and the decisions they needed to do to win. But Davis wanted to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, the Packers, I mean, like Alex said, the receivers were extremely um, underwhelming. Um, and almost kind of, I mean, this is a stretch to say by the, you know, this is a stretch of the imagination for sure, but it's almost like having maybe a first round talent level wide receiver would have helped alongside Devonte Adams rather than just having Devonte Adams and then, out Lazard or whoever is your second best receiver. And in regards to the the pass interference call or was it holding one or the other, but it was ugly. I think it was really just not the right time to throw that. I mean, it was the right call, but to not throw it like the two or three other times it happened earlier in the game when it easily was the right call, like it's just the inconsistency there. So that was really disappointing. Um, that was a really really underwhelming way for that game to go out and yeah the field goal that was that was a horrible call for i mean you got a trip to the super bowl online and you're going to kick a field goal when your offense has clearly been struggling it seems like a no-brainer that you would have gone for it if they called that consistently throughout the game i'd have no problem with it i wouldn't have an issue with them calling that just the way that they called that at the end of the game but they didn't call the earlier one on the bucks they were letting him play most of the game letting him play really physical letting him get away with pushes and tugs and all this stuff and now what looked to me like a pretty uncatchable ball suddenly a flag gets thrown super late from the back judge 25 yards out that just that's something that just didn't stick right to me. One of the things I hate about refs is when they call inconsistently, especially in big games like this. Obviously, the optics of it make it look worse because it was a super close game and it basically decided the game, but still something that, that was very frustrating to watch to see a game end on a call like that. Yeah, so Brady's Brady's in kind of this like... You know, if you play video games, you do the boss rush mode where you just fight all the bosses back to back to back. And that's essentially what he's kind of doing with uh, the playoffs right now. I mean, he had to uh, go up and duel against Drew Brees, you know, one of the all time greats, definitely got a spot in the hall at some point. And then he went up toe to toe with Rodgers and, uh, you know, out dueled him. Well, three picks. But and then now he's got um, now he's got Mahomes up and coming. And I hate to be that bland sports talk of like oh it's the passing the torch game it's essentially that's what it is like he's got to beat the next up and coming you know this generation's version of himself pretty much so he's just got these this gauntlet he's running in the playoffs where he's just got these legend and soon to be legendary quarterbacks that he's having to outduel and i think it's as much as i don't like tom brady i'm by no stretch of the imagination a tom brady fan um i think it's really fun though and i, I even kind of found myself rooting for the bucks in previous games um like even against like uh like against the washington football team thought it would be just really funny if they upset brady but 
I mean, just that that idea of that gauntlet as as a sports fan is just too too appetizing. Yeah, Brady, if he ends up pulling this off, winning three games against three future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and there's no question he earned it. I know going into the year, they're far from Super Bowl favorites or expected to win the Super Bowl. I think most people kind of expected the Packers to be the NFC favorites. So if he is able to go through all three of these quarterbacks and win another Super Bowl, then it's it's much deserves, and he just cements his legacy as the greatest quarterback of all time even more. So, Alex, you have any more thoughts on this game before we want to talk about Chiefs and Bills? I do kind of want to add in on the, um, the Tom Brady greatest of all time, you know, conversation, because I feel like football is such a, a weird game when there's so much that's needed from other guys in order to succeed. Like, you could have 5 linemen, and if there's one of them that's just – awful you have a battle line you know kind of kind of in that regard and I definitely think Tom Brady is a top you know one of the best quarterbacks to ever play by far and quite easily the most accomplished quarterback of all time just with the amount of times that he's been to the Super Bowl and of course how many rings he's had he has but this has definitely been one of those runs where I give a lot of credit to Bulls and and Arians because outside of the Washington game you know Brady's kind of been really, really up, up and down, which he definitely can't afford to be um, in this upcoming matchup that we'll get into a, la- a little bit later. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that's a really good point about Brady. I mean, as good as he's been, he's had his fair share of really good compliments, both coaching wise and talent wise. So obviously deserves this, but you know, you can't give him all the credit for the way he's been able to make not only this Super Bowl, but Super Bowls in the past as well. So now looking at the the Chiefs-Bills game, obviously we were both right on this game. Kind of played out like we expected. Mahomes did Mahomes things. I think we all knew that he was going to play. Davis, wanted to get your kind of thoughts and takeaways about this game, kind of how you felt that it played out. It wasn't as, I guess, as explosive as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was really fun for the first, I'd say, quarter and a half. And then after about that, the Chiefs just kind of did their thing, which is pretty much just play football asleep at the wheel and come out fine and um you know about when as you expected it to go at that point i mean when the bills what they had that huge turnover on the goal line it looked like the chiefs were kind of in a vulnerable spot they might have um you know a couple holes you could exploit you know capitalize on their mistakes but then they um you know they just really got it together and uh acted like none of it ever happened which was i mean from a football as a fan of football you love to see the best team play at that level of you know we make mistakes, but we're going to correct it and we can come back and still win pretty handily. And uh, I know it's just not a lot of, there's not a lot of teams who can do that. So it's really fun to see them, I guess, win the way they do, but it was, yeah, it was, it was about what I expected. I think I actually think I fell asleep a little bit in the third quarter. It makes me kind of wonder too, um, not, I guess not pertaining so much to how Josh Allen played in the game itself, but just, I'm, I'm wondering if he can sustain that level of play or if he's going to, you know, come careening back to earth and just burn up through the atmosphere. Um, because, I mean, we've seen so many quarterbacks have really awesome – I mean, shoot, look at Carson Wentz, the 2017 year. He's a perfect example. He was playing completely out of his mind. Um, sky was the limit, and then just a dud. And so it kind of makes you wonder when when Josh Allen has that one kind of, um, you know, the, this crazy year where he's playing at just a crazy performance level. You wonder if that can be sustained. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think – 
it definitely can be sustained as long as Diggs and Brian Dable are there. Based on the coaching carousel and coaching search, it looks like Dable's going to be in Buffalo for another year. So that's only going to help Josh's development as a quarterback. And as we saw, Diggs was you know, arguably top receiver in the league. No question, he's top five, top three receiver in this league. So when you have a guy like that, quarterback mentor in terms of being able to teach the offense, build an offense around your strengths like Dable. I think he can keep up this level of play. The way the offense is built, I don't think many of the offensive players or impact offensive players are leaving after this year. So I think they'll be pretty much the same going forward. So I expect Josh Allen to continue this for at least a few more years. As long as Diggs there and Dable having another year to develop with Josh Allen, um, I'm sure Dable's going to move on to be head coach in the very near future. I mean, it still could be this year, but um, with how much he's learned over these past three years with Dable and how much he's progressed, I think he can sustain this level of play. He's shown he can be a really good quarterback. He's improved his decision-making, his accuracy, every weakness of a quarterback that he had coming out of the draft, he's really improved on. So I think he can sustain this based on his kind of trajectory. Looking at the the Chiefs-Bills game, it really kind of went how I expected. Like we said, obviously Mahomes was going to play. There's no way Goodell or the Chiefs were going to let Chad Henney start in this game. I think what this game outlined is just how the Chiefs are able to play complementary football between the offense and defense so well. Um, the way Steve Spagnuolo runs his defense, it gives him so much flexibility to take chances, run blitzes, you know, create pressure and do all these different looks because, you know, he has Mahomes behind him you know he makes a mistake he gives up a big play he knows shit I got Tyreek Hill Pat Mahomes Travis Kelsey they're good for 28 30 points a game so you know I can take these chances and you know if they backfire they failed and doesn't matter Mahomes will make a big play he'll be able to to match it but taking those chances knowing the teams are pressing because they have to score so much is what allows this defense to be as effective as they have been you you see teams like obviously the Bills and the Browns you know needing at the end of the game to try and force plays need to take shots need to score the ball because they're down late or down a couple possessions and that's when you see the Chiefs defense start to make plays they just start to be that ball hawking secondary and uh, the front seven starts to get pressure so I just think it's so difficult to play against the Chiefs because of that and the way Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola kind of complement each other it's just basically nearly impossible to beat as we saw during the year only the Raiders beat them um, when they were fully healthy or not fully healthy but they had the the full complement of players um, but when you have someone like Mahomes sitting back there it gives you so much more flexibility to take chances um, you know run man blitzes send extra guys knowing that he's gonna get you 20 to 30 plus points a game so definitely was was kind of how I expected the game to go but Alex how'd you kind of kind of feel this game played out um yeah it kind of played out um I feel like a lot of you know the way most people saw it um I did kind of expect Buffalo to kind of coach and play more balls to the wall kind of you know taking more chances on fourth down um, just doing whatever you can do to come up with six instead of three against the Chiefs because field goals won't beat that team. And obviously, you know, you see it once 
the off the offense doesn't even have to be clicking, but you know, you just ha- have too many explosive guys with a great quarterback that all you need is a player to, and it's either a touchdown or they're goal to go where they're in the red zone so it's like you have to do whatever you can to minimize their run and with buffalo's inability to really run the ball consistently and with just how disciplined they were blitz wise and in their rush lanes you know tyron matthew made a bunch of bunch of great plays um off the edge where um he was definitely kind of like the last line of defense on those plays because if Allen is to escape or step up or step around um there's probably a big completion on the back end so definitely with um the way they play defensively they were able to kind of take the wind out of the buffalo offensive sales uh Chris Jones finally had one of those games where he just looked like the the best pass rusher, you know, by far in 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 the game. But just you know, one of those games that I've been wanting to see all playoffs, where there's just a defensive line, whether it's interior edge guy, just kind of take over, and he was in the backfield all game, just making things uncomfortable and just extremely disruptive um to answer the josh allen question as a serious josh allen um detractor and non-believer i do think he could possibly keep up this level of play they just got to get him a ground game to kind of help him you know keep him grounded and not even just it doesn't have to be great it doesn't have to be elite but they just need something serviceable and i just feel like too many times this year buffalo just couldn't run the ball and maybe like i do like the guys that they have i just feel like they need somebody with a little bit more juice um that you know hits the hole a little bit faster is a little bit more of a threat on top of using Josh Allen as, as, as a runner as, as well. They're definitely in a very interesting division. So how the dolphins, you know, bounce back next year and just, you know, seeing how teams respond to this spike in Josh Allen as an accurate quarterback, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, but I, I see him still, you know, maintaining that top six, top seven quarterback level of play, but I just don't know he, if he's going to have like another MVP, like, season as he had this year yeah I, th- I think the the cards would have to fall perfectly for him to have an MVP type season like this and you know with guys like Jackson and Mahomes and all these young quarterbacks in the AFC Herbert Burrow just all these guys you know after this season unless he somehow outperforms it I think it's going to be hard for him to kind of get that MVP unless they you know win the AFC you know get the first seed make it to the Super Bowl you know have kind of like an Aaron Rodgers type year but I definitely think it's possible but like you said it will be important to surround him with some sort of run game and a couple more weapons obviously Diggs is an elite receiver but you need someone a little better than Cole Beasley on the outside to kind of take a little bit of pressure off of Diggs getting a serviceable run game will help him so much just in play action and how much he loves to let routes develop and kind of take his time downfield but should be interesting to see how he develops over these years and when Dable leaves how much of an impact that's going to have on him but definitely going to be an interesting storyline to look at but now taking a look at the Super Bowl matchup between obviously the Chiefs and the Bucks, as most people know, kind of like Davis mentioned earlier, passing of the torch to an extent, possibly greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, um, facing the next generation, possibly most talented quarterback of all time in Patrick Mahomes. I'm really excited for this matchup for a lot of reasons, but before I start to ramble on, Alex, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this and and kind of how you feel it's going to play out and storylines going into it. 
So, yeah, you know, the, the storylines are, are all there. They'll be covered, you know, all week. The the GOAT versus the next, you know, next in line, question mark, question mark, you know, passing of the torch. Um, Andy Reid, uh, Bruce Arians and his extremely diverse staff. So, like I said, all of those things will definitely be, be touched on uh, th- this week. I know we've been able to see a lot of rematches in this postseason as far as like you know with Tennessee and Baltimore or or the Bucks and Saints going at it for a third time same with the Packers and Packers and Buccaneers as well being able to have a rematch and get the same thing in this Super Bowl matchup it's hard to not think back to how that regular season matchup played when Tyreek Hill had what almost 200 yards in the first quarter it 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 seemed like where he was just breaking big play after big play after big play and I just feel like that game is going to creep too much in the mind of Todd Bowles and just the defense overall and how it's going to be coached and you can spend all of your resources trying to slow down Tyreek Hill or try to have somebody, you know, over the top or have him bracketed. And that's great. I just feel like his elite speed is is not necessarily too much to game plan for, but you do too much to stop that. And then that's where Kelsey gets 15 targets in the first half or you're hitting Edwards Elaire, who's finally back and healthy and running it well um, out of the backfield. So I just don't think given the way Brady has played is that he's going to have enough either offensively or defensively to stop what big, no basically seems like the inevitable run that the chiefs offense is going to go on. I do think that the Buccaneers have a chance if JPP and Shaq Barrett kind of step up and continue their great play from, from last week and they need Devin White and, you know, Levante David, they just need those linebackers to play, play out of this world to make sure that, you know, he doesn't get the chance or Mahomes doesn't get the chance to extend plays or, or, or go for the big bombs. But I just don't see the Buccaneers doing enough against what should be a weaker secondary than they've played in this playoffs. But with the way Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew are playing, um, Sneed, who's been one of the one of the better nickel blitzers, it's just too much going right for the Chiefs for me to think that the Buccaneers can do anything to really slow them down. Andy Reid is at the top of his game as an offensive mastermind and continues to revolutionize and steal and just make things his own each year in and year out. And I think he's going to have some more tricks up his sleeve for the Super Bowl. And I just don't think the Buccaneers are going to have enough answers for him. The Buccaneers have a lot of things stacked against them. Um, their defense played really well against Brady or uh, against Rodgers, excuse me, um, way better than I thought they were. I mean, just looking at the stats now here, uh, they forced two pretty key turnovers. Um, and that was, the, I mean, the defense carried them that entire game. I just don't know that they will be able to um, to keep pace with the Chiefs' offense. Now, the Buccaneers' defensive line played really well in the NFC Championship game there. And there's one one thing that kind of plays into their favor is I think Eric Fisher is ruled out for the uh, Chiefs for the Super Bowl. He's their tackle. And um, so depending on who they replace Eric Fisher with, that could play out nicely for the Bucs. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Brady had – he had – what two two eighty and three touchdowns, which is a pretty good outing on any given day. But he also had those three picks, which 
you just you can't do against the Chiefs. There's there's zero room for error. Like normally, you know, in any given time, there's a there's a little bit of a margin for error there. But when you're playing this Chiefs team, there's just zero. I mean, they're just they're they're coached perfectly. The quarterback play is way too good. It's just you know you're gonna you're probably gonna need even more than the than 280 and three touchdowns on your own. You let alone the three picks. So. I, I mean, the Buccaneers could pull it off. It would need to be a kind of a miracle scenario, you know, like a like a David Tyree helmet catch type thing. Um, but I, realistically, I mean, the Chiefs, are, they should have this one pretty handily in the bag by the second quarter, I would think, at least. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. Just looking at this Chiefs team and how hot they are, how well they've been playing, um, the consistency that they've had over these past few years, I just really don't see a way in which the Bucks are going to be able to keep up and find a way to pull this out. I remember there was a play in, in the Chiefs-Bills game where Tredavious was lined up on Tyreek um, using Robert coverage, so he played outside leverage on him, let him go to the inside because he had safety help towards the middle. Hill turned it outside after taking a little inside inside release and then turned it back outside and Mahomes just threw a perfect ball right over Tredavious White's head couldn't have played coverage any better couldn't have thrown it in a better spot and it's those two are just on some different frequency right now that it's it's basically impossible to cover cover Tyreek with Mahomes and like Alex said with the Bills having a better secondary than the Bucks um, I think the Bucks are gonna have some struggles cover actually more than some struggle they're gonna struggle to cover Tyreek kill they're going to need to you know double him up play bracket coverage or something and that's just going to leave more open space for the run game for kelsey in the middle another aspect too is Rodgers wasn't he's not a very mobile quarterback at this stage in his career but mahomes can really escape and once he gets out of the pocket his escape drill and his you know kind of on the move ad lib types plays him and kelsey are just in sync in that and, you know, the, the Bucks were able to, to get pressure on Rodgers because he, he wasn't super mobile. He couldn't really escape that pressure when they got to him. But I think Mahomes is going to be able to extend those plays a little bit by himself more time. And the more time you give Mahomes, you know, the more deadly it is. I just I don't see a way in which Tom Brady is going to be able to keep up. I know I said this last week about the the Packers game, but I just feel like the Chiefs just have too much going right now. That opportunistic defense as well. I think they'll make a few plays. Uh, I think the Chiefs defense is obviously better than the Packers and Packers forced three interceptions on Brady. If the Chiefs can get one or two turnovers on Brady, then I think it's pretty much game over. I don't see a way in which Brady is going to be able to to come back from that. So definitely have the Chiefs in this game, probably by 14 or 17, I would say. So Davis, obviously you have the, the Chiefs in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Chiefs by, I would say, probably three scores. I think it would just get uh, – it's going to be too ugly by the fourth quarter, and um, they're I – mean, it's, it's in hand. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I uh, want to thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Sadly, you have to, to leave a little early, bounce out of here a little early, but it's a pleasure having you on to talk some football, and hopefully we can do it again soon. So, Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I'll uh, look forward to next time. There is one point that I did want to want to add just to make sure I had all my, my bases covered. I do think it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be a, a, an uncomfortably close game for the Chiefs. I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, 
I think the Bucks secondary is pretty good. They're just extremely young. What puts them in a bad situation is that Todd Bowles is extremely aggressive in what it is that he does and how he likes to to play it. I mean, but when you got, you know, edge guys like JPP and Barrett, and then you have a an all-speed linebacker who's just relentless and all over the field 90% of the game, it's pretty, pretty easy to want to get in, you know, get into that. I think the, the key matchup is really going to be how they use Devin White. And if Brady can just tap into that that zone that we've seen him get in um, in past Super Bowls, like when he came back against the Falcons and even in the one they unfortunately lost to my Philadelphia Eagles when he's just, you know, couldn't do, he can't do any wrong. And I feel like with the weapons he has in Tampa Bay, it's a very real possibility. He just can't make any of those backbreaking mistakes. And I think, I think Tyron Matthew or Chris Jones are definitely going to be either the starter or the beneficiary of one, one of those. But yeah, I got, I got Chiefs. Chiefs by four. I'm thinking like 35, 31. Yeah, it's a lot closer than I think most people would think, but definitely something that I could see happening. Brady, obviously, with this championship medal, how many Super Bowls he's won, obviously, how many Super Bowls he's been, how many big games he's played. And there's, especially being at home now, too, there's no doubt he's going to play well. It's just a matter of if he's going to make that one mistake or those one or two plays that just kind of seal it for Kansas City, Mahomes, obviously, and that the Chiefs have that championship experience from last year being down double digits to the Titans and the Texans um, and the 49ers all in the playoffs and coming back and winning them all. So it, it'll definitely be an interesting matchup between these two quarterbacks to see how they kind of respond and definitely looking forward to it. Sad that this is the last game, football game of the season. I'm going to miss it, but definitely going to be a, a very interesting game to watch and kind of see how it plays out. Now we want to Take a little look at the QB carousel is going on right now. Deshaun Watson, once out of Houston, removed Houston from all of his social media profiles, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So he wants to get out. Rumors of Stafford being dealt away pretty soon, possibly before the Super Bowl. If I remember correctly, Rams are looking to get rid of Jared Goff. So looks like there's going to be a lot of QB movements this offseason. So I kind of want to get your take on some good fits for some teams and some potential buyers for a couple of those quarterbacks. Yeah, so, you know, even though it's Super Bowl week and it's the last game of the NFL season, I've, I'm one of those individuals that I definitely – enjoy the off season almost as much if not more than the regular season just because I just like seeing what all these different teams are going to do um of course you know Deshaun Watson won a trade and the Texans are going to be pretty adamant about trying to keep him so it's really going to be interesting to see how that plays out you have Matthew Stafford who's definitely guaranteed to be on the move Dak Prescott who's probably going to end up re-upping with the Cowboys but still a potentially available quarterback um you got the Bears trying to figure out what they're going to do you have the Carson Wentz Jalen Hurts situation in Philadelphia that still exactly hasn't sorted itself out, but definitely got a, got a lot of potential guys on the move and a lot of teams that I feel like can definitely, you know, put their name in the ring for, for somebody. Um, it was reported that the, the Rams would be open to bringing in Matthew Stafford as they're not too pleased with um, Jared Goff. You have uh, Miami who could possibly make a move for Deshaun Watson with all the draft picks that they have. You have Washington who's kind of in quarterback limbo 
Dumbo who can kind of, you know, uh, make a move for whoever they see fit. You got John Elway in Denver, who's had almost a different starting quarterback, it seems like, every year since Peyton Manning and has brought in a multitude of guys that's still trying to figure it out. So it's just extremely exciting to see which domino falls first which will more than likely be the Matthew Stafford deal and just how that um, affects all the moves afterwards. Um, I really think this Deshaun Watson situation could possibly get ugly, especially with the player empowerment movement that might affect the NFL as it's, you know, affected the NBA because we really haven't seen a quarterback do something like this probably since Carson Palmer, who wanted out and then, what, retired for a year to 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 get get it get his way out so it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh the you know biggest key is how bad does the sean watson really want out and then um just where matthew stafford ends up going and for how much because that's definitely going to be the bar for a lot of these potential quarterback moves um you know if matthew stafford goes for first then you know guaranteed Deshaun's probably going for possibly four first if you can do that and maybe a player so yeah just 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 ready to see how this how this thing starts moving yeah I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out I think a lot of teams are are one quarterback away or a quarterback away from being serious Super Bowl contenders Um, I'm really interested to see what the price tag on Deshaun is going to be and if it's going to start to lower a bit as he starts to continue to voice his his wanting out of Houston I kind of see this playing out similar to the James Harden situation um, in Houston he clearly wants out he doesn't want to be here long term and if they don't deal him I feel he'll say something or do something kind of like James Harden just said that, you know, I I can't be here. I can't win here. Whatever it is, just kind of force the hand of the Texans. And that's when you might see a little bit of of a cheaper haul for him. But I still think teams are going to have to fork up, like you said, three, four picks, first round picks, possibly some players, a young quarterback this good that led the league in passing yards is rarely ever on the trade market. So he's definitely going to command a lot of, a lot of resources. I think a team like the 49ers, I think they have the ability, the players in the draft picks to, to make a move like that. I know the Rams were kind of looking at both Stafford and Watson, but with trading so many firsts for Ramsey and some other guys, I, I I don't see them being able to to make one of those big splash trades for a Stafford or a Watson. Like you said, Washington with that defense and you know Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin coming onto the scene, they are a quarterback away from really becoming the the odds-on favorites in the NFC East. So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. And like you said, the dominoes start to fall. Once one quarterback gets off the market, then other teams might start to become desperate. Dolphins might feel like if Stafford gets traded that they got to make a move for Watson right away. So they might overpay a little bit or not necessarily overpay, but might fork up a little more than they were willing to or another team like maybe the Saints possibly or someone like that. But definitely going to be really interesting to see. I don't think... There have been this many QBs out on the market to possibly switch teams all in the same offseason in a long time. Which teams are kind of buy now, win now modes and which teams are are kind of waiting a little bit and going to play the draft and the free agent game should be really interesting. There's one thing I would add, though, um, if I'm the Panthers, I'm trading whatever 
needs to be gone that isn't McCaffrey, uh, DJ or DJ Moore to get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the Panthers are another team that definitely is is very much in in need of a quarterback, and I believe they they also have the resources to make a deal like that. So definitely correct. Yeah. I agree with you. Panthers, Colts, uh, shoot, I'd even say the Bears if they're able to to sweet talk Allen Allen Robinson and and into staying. I mean, I think they got serviceable wide receivers, but the quarterback position kind of, you know, held them back. So if, if they're able to, you know, get in on any of these names, that'd be major, major for them as well. But yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because we, I don't think we've seen anything like this in quite some time. Yeah, it'll be, it'll definitely be really interesting to watch and see how it plays out. Um, kind of how quickly it does play out when the dominoes start to fall. So excited to see that, but I want to thank Davis for coming onto the pod again. A lot of fun getting, guest on here talk some sports hopefully he's the first of many to get on here love to talk to a bunch of you guys let us know if you guys are interested um anything you want to add before you close it out alex um no i just thank i just thank the people for for listening thanks for giving us feedback um we'll definitely be open and happy to have many guests on uh, different people that just want to chop it up and talk talk sports with us um other than that um <laughs> excited for this gender reveal can finally know what my what my little sunshine spark of joy is is, is gonna be and I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear as the time draws closer so thank thank you people thank you thank you thank you wishing your your kid nothing but the greatest of health hope you have a great time at your your gender reveal and you know as always we move <laughs>